Have you ever wondered what is really happening behind the curated feed of your favorite influencers and brands? The Social Sessions Podcast gets the real story. I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, a creative director and social media manager. Between the two of us, we have 13 years of experience in the social media world. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Social Sessions Podcast. We wanted to do kind of a quick digestible type of episode for you guys, basically explaining why now is the best time to start your journey as an influencer. There are so many people that like to say it's an oversaturated market, that there's too many people doing it, like you're getting in the game too late, and we just don't think that's true. So we kind of wanted to get into that, why now is probably the best time that's ever... It's just not too late. It's it's not too late at all. Plus the thing is, is like there needs to be an, like generationally, right? Right? Like there's got to be influencers that are in every generation after us. Exactly. It's never going to, I don't think it's ever going to die down. So... We've been going strong, you know. It's the same thing where you could say any market is too saturated and people still make it. You know what I mean? Like you could say any career. You could say it's too late to jump in. You could easily say it's too late to jump in on the music career, like blah, blah, blah. You could say it about anything, but, but I don't know. It's true. I haven't, you know, there's um, uh, some women influencers that are like older. And I think that like is a market in itself. I wish there was more of them. I wish there was like more women, like for your, like our mom's age, you know what I mean? Like women that they related to that were open about what they were going through at that time. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of sad. They don't have more. Yeah, exactly. Everybody needs someone to look to and I don't know. Inspire by and just connect, relate to, to feel like, um, Normal. I think that's your job as an influencer is to be vulnerable and, you know, open enough that you make your community feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So I think to start, I think our one of our main points here as to why now is a great time to get started is that it's it's more within reach than than it's ever been. There's Yeah, and a couple of reasons for that. I think it used to be only a select few businesses were even implementing influencer marketing um, and they were relying solely on commercials and those types of things. And now they're, you're starting to see these marketing budgets um, consider influencer marketing yeah, and with that, it into their budget, which is huge, huge. which is huge because now the everybody's going to need it. Yeah, I was going to say, now it's like there's more money to to be spread out, which means more influencers in their campaigns. Exactly. And it could pertain to literally anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then then when when you talk about that, there's a different business for different people. You know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't all have to be huge mainstream businesses. There's little companies that want to work with more niche, uh, influencers. You know, there's like, like vitamin companies want to work with this soda companies. There's different gyms. There's different, like, I don't know, tackle boxes. Like Like, there's so many um, doctors. There's there's so many different 
companies that their audience looks to every company has a different audience, which means they're probably going to use different influencers. So if you think about it, there's probably millions and millions of opportunities out there for there are millions of opportunities. And that's what it is, is like nobody realizes that it really spreads across everything. And sometimes when I look back at like generation one of Instagram, like when it started to happen, these influencers collaborating with each other, it was literally building these small businesses. And the whole point was to help each other get in front of other audiences. Right. And so that's how some of these small businesses have blown up, um, was through influencer marketing. And that's really how a lot of this started. And now everybody can, has the ability to do it. Yeah, exactly. Which means, again, there's more space for everybody. And even in a literal sense, it's a better, you know, it's more within reach than ever because you don't, you just need your phone. You need a phone, maybe a tripod. Yeah, I remember. And you get in front of the camera. In the early days. And just the knowledge, you know, like people used to be very, I think like, not secretive, but you know what I mean? Like there, it was, you had to know to know how to be an influencer. I definitely know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know. I remember seeing people like uh, do their grid, like all nice and clean and match. That's before I knew what a preset was. And I was like, bitch, you could have told me this a long time ago. Like I thought you were literally like, I had no idea how they were matching everything so well, but I, And even to your point, like now there's people before you couldn't, you couldn't Google, you know, how to become an influencer. You couldn't look up Instagram algorithm. You could like it, that knowledge wasn't there or it wasn't being publicly shared. And now there's so many platforms. There's so many influencers where that is their niche is teaching other influencers. Even our content, there's, yeah, you can, you can learn freely so there's no reason that you can't make quality content when the quality that is expected is iPhone content and you have, you know, an abundance of resources at your fingertips. At your fo- phone fingertips. Like literally, yeah. if somebody, I have built my entire business on my iPhone and I don't mean that like by any, like I'm not exaggerating, right, Audrey? Like I barely right, no, use she a computer. really did. I don't use a computer. She doesn't use a computer ever. I'll be like, "Are you? A, do you have a computer? Like, can you send me this on Google Drive?" And she's like, "So no, I actually." She never has a computer on her, literally ever. She's like, "Can I do it from my phone though?" Yeah, I literally I edit. I do photography editing from my phone. I transfer images from my huge camera to my phone. I edit in Photoshop. I edit. In Lightroom, I do everything on my phone. And then there's so many free apps on how to edit. And there's just, it's just, it really is easier than ever. Like there, there was definitely a time, like we were saying, where it wasn't as easy. That it felt a little more secretive. And there was even, it was even like high, I don't want to say higher quality, but like more, I don't want to say effort either. I don't know what the word is, but higher production value, I should say in content in the past. You know what I mean? It would be full photo shoots. You're only posting photos from your photo shoots and they might be like weeks old or like I was telling Tara earlier, I think of YouTubers like in the back to school type of days, like in 2000, I don't know, 15 maybe. Everyone had green screens, was oversaturating their videos, had these really high definition cameras that they were working with. And now like people just want to see a vlog. 
You know what I mean? Like and everything now about want to qu- see mini vlogs. They don't want to see your. Whole yeah, they want to see like TikTok vlogs. So everything about the production has kind of gone down in a way, bec- which I'm assuming is because authenticity is quite the trend right now. But that makes it even easier for you to jump in, right? You don't need to have any credentials. You don't need to have any experience. You can just trial and error it. You post, you see if it works, you change it, and you go on. And then the other thing, the other really big thing, which we were kind of getting into, but companies want to work with micro-influencers. And I think a lot of times people think of influencers as, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers, whatever it is, like really big named people. And that's great. They are still influencers. They are still doing a great job. But there's also something to be said about micro-influencers, I think, because I think they're just, they they offer different, um, I'm blanking on the word. Return they, they values, do, like the, the returns are different. It, yes, exactly. I was trying to explain this to a friend. I think the easiest way to explain it is there there's different goals for a company. So let's say a company just wants to increase brand awareness. They just want people to have heard of their name. A a macro influencer is going to be great for that, right? It's going to be amazing because you're going to reach millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, however many people. They might not buy the product, but now they've heard of the product, you know? So it's, they've, they've been introduced to it. However, if your goal is to specifically have more people buy your product, a micro-influencer might be better because sometimes micro-influencers have higher engagement rates. Their audience trusts them a little bit more, which means their conversion rates are going to be higher. When they promote a product, their community, their following believes that they actually really like that product. It works more like word of mouth, whereas a macro-influencer that kind of brand deal works a little bit more like a commercial. Yeah, that was a perfect explanation of it. You just brought some- So there's there's power to a micro influencer. You don't you don't need a certain amount of followers to be um, beneficial to a brand. Yeah, it's very true. And honestly, what it comes down to is like I don't care what how big your audience is. If you can prove to me that you treat this like a business that you are being authentic in the uh, creation process of what you're doing for us as a brand. So from a business standpoint, I've worked with influencers on the brand side and something that we've struggled with, you know, is the influencers that don't take it seriously. And so I just think that businesses, as long as you're taking it seriously, you're treating it uh, like a business and you're bringing them, they're looking for the content too, right? Like if you're doing beautiful images, beautiful videos, that's more valuable to me that so I can reuse that than even the audience that I'm going to reach through you. Yeah, exactly. That was that was the third point too, is that it goes beyond your following, which I, I think that that's the biggest misconception with influencing. And maybe it's just because they're called influencers. So the idea is you're reaching they're following, you know what I mean? If a brand reaches out to you, their product is now reaching that following, which is a part of it, but it's only a small part of brand deals. And I think that's where, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people get confused. Yeah. There's like influencer. And then you see the people are like influencer slash content creator. 
Yes. Like, are you bringing, do you just have an audience because you, like, what kind of content are you producing out of that? Like, it, it's just like any, any type of talent, business relationship. What are you, like, what value are you bringing me? Yeah. And with, with brand deals, a lot of times I think people don't know this. I just aren't aware of it. When there's a brand deal signed, a lot of times the brand will say, you know, we want this many deliverables, blah, 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 post it by this time. But they oftentimes also say, can you send us the raw files? Can you send us the unedited videos, the unedited pictures? They don't want like I've had brand deals before where they say, you know, we want this TikTok, we want this video, but can you send it to us without any text on it? They just want the plain footage. It's essentially paying someone for user-generated content, if you will. They just want to reuse it. Yeah, they'll reuse it in their own way. And it is, your. I mean, that's sometimes more important than the audience. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of times these companies aren't out there making their own content. You know what I mean? They're running their business but they're not like in a photo studio, like taking product shots. They're not, you know, now they have videos of real users, someone who's actually using the product that they can use as an advertisement. And I think the best example I have of this, Brooklinen does it all the time. I see them because I see their ads a lot on YouTube. They just make a whole compilation of ads from other influencers and turn it into like brand deals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they turn it into an ad and now it's a 15 second ad before every YouTube video that you watch. You know what I mean? So, so you, I've, cause I've just noticed it because they use some of my favorite influencers on there and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because I watched this video in real time, like part of their YouTube video or on their Instagram story or whatever it is. And now it's being used and put into a different brand advertisement. Yeah, for sure. So that's a huge, a huge part of influencing that I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's not all about your follower count, although that is a part of it, that it's not the whole thing. Yeah, it's not all of it at all. Like the content is such an important part of it. Yeah. The content that you're providing. Do you have any other notes as to why why you think now is the best time to get started as an influencer? Uh, I I mean, really just want to hone in on the fact that I think a lot more people are leaning into the idea. So I think businesses are leaning more towards um, a budget for influencer marketing. Yeah. Uh, So that means a lot of dollars. And I, and I've sat, I can tell you because we do influencer outreach for a lot of our, our um, clients. It's hard to find some influencers. I need more yeah, of you out there. it can be. It I can literally be. need more influencers to choose from. Um, so because sometimes a brand needs a specific type of influencer and in this specific niche, or maybe we want to target a mom. So we need a lifestyle mom influencer, or maybe we need uh, an athlete or maybe, you know, and sometimes yeah, I think yeah that these people like just put themselves in that one box, but like there's so much opportunity for no all niches. Yeah, totally agree. Even again, back to micro influencers and tying into what you just said, local businesses will partner with local influencers. 
You know what I mean? We do this a lot for like smaller clients or people who, if it's like, especially if it's service-based in one city, obviously you're not marketing to the entire country. You're marketing to your city because that's where your customers are. So if you have an influencer that's really plugged into the community, say they only have 6,000 followers, but it's very heavy in that, it's very local, it's very heavy in that one city, that's gonna be extremely beneficial to a small business in your city. It's huge. That is like, yeah, that is one of our golden secrets here at the agency is influencer marketing in your own, finding influencers in your local area, getting in tapped into their audience. Um, Cause then it, 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 yeah, you get, suddenly you're tapped into the whole community. You're tapped into the whole city when you start using these local influencers. Yeah. And if you have a, and if you have a service based, if you have a service based um, business, like it's not really costing you much. Um, no, it's not. You know what I mean? To just, and a lot of these times, like in a lot of situations, there's pay, there's money to be made, but there's also collabs. And maybe we'll talk about that on another, um, another episode, but I think there's like value in collaborating basically my rate in comparison to what your product cost or your service cost. So not to um, say that we think you should start taking gifted collabs that are worth $15, but you know, yeah, it's, there's just, it's gotta be an equal trade. And if there is an equal trade, then that makes sense. Yeah. I agree. I agree. We're going to talk more about influencer stuff, I think in the next few episodes. So there's just so much to be said about it. And I don't think that, um, there's enough people talking about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Trying to reveal what's going on behind the curtain a little bit in terms of influencers. So I hope that has inspired you guys or at least made you rethink your thoughts on whether or not you should start as an influencer. So hopefully we see all of you guys start posting. (laughs) Seriously. If you need any help or have any questions about becoming an influencer or what steps you need to take to be an influencer, feel free to DM us. Um, We've worked on both sides from a management of an management of influencers to uh, doing brand deals on behalf of clients. So uh, definitely DM us if you have any questions and we're going to get into some good topics about it in the next few weeks. Yeah. So make sure to stay tuned. Make sure to rate the podcast as well. Follow. Follow the well, follow us at Social Sessions Podcast. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. It helps us out a ton in terms of reaching an audience, a larger audience, which in turn helps the listeners because we get bigger guests. We get, you know, production goes up a little bit more. Everything goes up. So make sure to rate and review. Make sure to follow us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Have a good day.